Welcome everyone, I am Gloria. I am here in the studio to present you a new cultural show. I am not alone, I'm with Luca. Hi Luca. Hello. So Luca, how are you? What is your mood today? Mm, I would say I am in a good mood because first of all, I'm good in general. And secondly, the topic today is interesting for me, so good. I am agreed with you. Um, we are going to present you a very interesting topic. Imagine a life of less, a life of passion unencumbered by the trapping of the chaotic world around you. Well, what you are imagining is an intentional life. It is not a perfect life and it is not an easy life, but a simple life. So, Lucas, what is it, minimalism? Yeah, so minimalism. So it's a large word and today there is not only one signification about this. So I would say there are two big types of minimalism. The minimalism as a lifestyle and in arts. So minimalism as a lifestyle is a way to get rid of all the stuff we don't use and to keep only the things that we really use and not to be overwhelmed by a large amount of stuff in general. And in fact, minimalism as a lifestyle is a way to be happier with the things that we already possess and not be always in the search of acceptance by others by, for example, buying a lot and a lot of stuff that we think will make us happier. But minimalism is not good for all the people because some of us are in need of stuff and they are very happy with that, so no problem for them. And the thing is also not to try to convince others of a good thing of minimalism or something like that. It's just to expose what it is. I can say that it's counter-cultural. I mean, it's contrary to every advertisement we have ever seen in our life because we are living in a society that prides itself on the accumulation of possessions. But for me, at least, there is more joy to be found in minimalist living that can be found pursuing more. And to I have found a little quote by Jackie French Caller who is saying there are two ways to be rich. One is by acquiring much and the other is by desiring little. So I think it's the point. We are not in the obligation of having a lot of stuff because sometimes if we don't want to have a lot of stuff, we can be happy too. All right. I think that um, you are right. We live in a consumed society. Maybe there is a gaping void in your life, so you try to fill that void the same way as many people do with stuff, filling the void with consumer purchase. As a human, we were to become dissatisfied. It is an addiction, and we are encouraged to maintain the addiction through technology and information. American culture has, for the most part, these blinders on. There's definitely an illusion of what our life should look like, whether it's advertising or, for example, you can see in your Instagram account. It is an illusion that our life should be perfect, but there can be an immense amount of dissatisfaction trying to live that way and many of us see no alternative. Advertising has polluted and infiltrated culture. It's been a slow evolution. This is not something that just happened yesterday. This is something that has been sold to us to over say the past hundred years. Slowly but surely by those that want to make a lot amount of money. Are you agree with that? Yeah, I can even say that I I agree with all that you are saying. That uh, today we are I don't know but uh, overwhelmed by a lot of advertising who are saying us uh, how our life should be 
and uh, how can we be happier but in fact they don't know how, which uh, things and, or what uh, make us happy so I think yeah it all is very true so dear listener I'm gonna tell you something do you know that new studies show a huge number of children under the age of four have access to mobile device and some of those kids started using them before they were one year old. We are building more competitive, more interesting environments for the consumer. This means ingesting signals they are telling us about their interests and making sure we can control what message they see next. So, It is time to stop advertising to children. The advertising for children has existed for so long. What changed through is the amount of this advertising and the media through which this advertising comes. So what do you think about that? It is a good idea that so, so little children had all this amount of advertising in mobile device, in the computer? Uh, no, for me, doesn't uh, matter like why there is some um, advertising or something like that for children. It cannot be good for children like be one year old. It's, Imagine. Yeah, it's not... Uh, yeah, I, I think it could be some, uh, some mobile phone or not mobile phone, but digital things can be useful for children, but not this young, I think. So I don't agree with that. Yeah, one, one, one year children that they can almost walk. Yeah, that's And the point. They almost learn to, to use mobile phone before walking. So Yeah, it can be a problem because imagine a young, young children, almost a baby, y you... In these um, years, obviously, you, you cannot the ability to think by yourself. If you are continuing receiving this advertising, do you think that it's going to be more difficult that in the past, in the next years, you could have like an own idea of the things that mm. are surround you? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, I, uh, I agree with you because... When we are very little, we integrate a lot and a lot of things. So if we are listening a lot of things when we are young, I think it can have an, an impact when we are older. And even for, for that, I think that uh, for me, for example, I didn't have a mobile phone before, uh, before high school, middle of high school. And even if it was... A little late if I compare to over my other classmates, for example. So what what was your age exactly when you your parents give you a mobile phone around? The point is that uh, I wanted a mobile phone at this uh, time and not before. It was me that I didn't want mm. because I wasn't seeing the, the main point on having a mobile phone because I wasn't uh, texting any anyone, uh, calling never so it was useless for me but the point is when you have a mobile phone and then it's the end like you cannot uh, get rid of today so i think it's also a problem with children because if very little children one two years old have a mobile phone they will need them all their life And it's quite sad because before having a mobile phone, we are happy and all is good. So, Yeah, it is so true. So nowadays, could you live without a mobile phone? Um, difficult question because today everything is on the mobile phone. But except, for example, um, the fact that I can communicate with my parents or something like that. But for the rest, I think I can, yeah. But... The problem is that uh, for communicate with my family and some other stuff, it's on the mobile phone. So it's complicated to get rid of, I think. But I think that I could, uh, like during one or two days. Or imagine that 
you work during the whole year and then in summer you have some weeks for vacations. Could you be able to put your mobile phone out of you during two weeks just for rest and be calm and chill, maybe on the beach or on the mountains? Um, Because I know that I, there is people that kind of, uh, even in this situation, that is you supposed to be relaxed and you supposed yeah, to rest. I understand. For example, some people, you know, who who have so many clients and have yeah. this kind of work. I think if the main goal of the experience is to not have your mobile phone during uh, one or two weeks, for example, I can. But if it's just, you know, vacations and... I think I will be on my mobile phone sometimes not uh, not as much time as uh, in the rest of the year but still I think yeah it's not good it's not good I know that uh, saying that it's not uh, <laughs> and you Yeah I think I could do it I um almost all the time during my days without phone Yeah I think uh Among all the volunteers for now, you are the most uh, capable of this kind of thing, I think. Yeah, I I don't feel that I need the mobile phone. And I'm just use it for saying, hey, we we are going to go this, we are going to do this plan. So we meet at this time just for this. And now that we are here discovering Niretasa, um, trying to discover more of Hungary, Even I use it less that in Spain. Yeah, but that's very good. You are an example for all of us, I think. Oh, thank you so much, Lucas. So we can say that minimalism is not about radical lifestyle, as Lucas said. It is about quality over quantity. So following with some ideas of minimalism, could be live, living more deliberately with less. Every possession serves a purpose or brings joy. So does it add value to my life? This could be a um, question. And if not, you have to willing to let it go. Once we realize that there is a temple outside, We can create our own template that works just for us. American Dream started out as a concept that was really more about opportunity. U.S. is a land of opportunity where somebody could start out at the bottom, work hard. But there is no doubt that this has increased tremendously in a material Terms. So, do you know that in United States, for example, they have about three times the space per person that they use in the 50s for storage? This is not like so much. Do we need all this stuff? I don't think so, but no, I didn't know this. Uh, I knew that uh, in some countries and in the US, for example, It is uh, today we have a lot of a lot more storage than before, but three times more. No, it is too much. Yeah. So um, I want to ask you another question. Do you think that nowadays we, most of us of the population in the world, are we are more aware about this problem? Um, is this some is something changing? Is everyone looking more for meaning in their lives? So what does it mean to live a good life? Do we have a great relationship with things? Oh, deep question, I think, philosophical question. Um, I don't really know, but yeah, I think that today people are searching for a meaning in their life more and more. But sadly, I think that today... Uh, still a lot of people are thinking that uh, having a good life is 
equally to gain a lot of money because they can buy a lot of stuff and then be happy. And it's this uh, concept, if you can say that, of the American dream and all that stuff, for example, that impacts people, I think. And it's not... Uh, for some people, they can achieve this. But for a lot, no, it's impossible to achieve their dreams. And so all their life, they are trying to gain a lot of money. But they are not happy. So I think this is the point. Yeah. Will you be happy with a lot of money? So, I mean, do you have this in mind? Like your for success, success in life, you need to get so much as money as you can oh uh, for me not at all for me money is like the last thing some people are saying that money uh, can contribute to happiness for the people but for me the perfect world would be without money at all because money is the thing that make uh, inequalities and all the things like that and If I cannot be happy now, for example, I don't think I, I will be happy with a lot of money. So, no. Yeah, yeah, it's true. So, we all need to have our basic needs, which is having a house, food on the table, you know, being safe. That's really important to recognize because not everyone has those things. We sometimes think that more money is going to give us security. The problem is you don't necessarily have control over making more. What do you have control over is having less and that by having less. You automatically stretch what you do have. So... It is not so much about financial game. It is about financial freedom, which is the ability to wake up in the morning and spend one's day as you see fit. Are you agree with that? Do you search, like we can say, financial freedom? It's more for you about that because definitely for me, yes. Yeah, in this way, yes, I think, yeah. So I think that there is anything wrong with consumption. The problem is compulsory consumption. Buying stuff because that's what you are supposed to do. That what advertising tell you to do. Or that's what happiness is suppo supposed to be. And when you have all of this stuff, you realize that it doesn't make you as happy as you thought that it could. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that too. And it can sound a little extreme, I think, but for me, in my opinion, I am against the consumption society in general because, yeah, it brings more problems than solutions, I think, and it's not good for me. Okay, now we are going to play a little game. I am going to tell you five types of minimalists. And you have to tell us if you identify with some of the types that I've described. Are you ready, Luca? Yeah, sure. Okay. The first one is frugal minimalist. You are a frugal minimalist if you are concerned about saving money. Since you only spend money on rare occasion, you do not acquire more and more possession. The second one is nomad minimalist. It defines a person who lives out of a backpack. A good number of young people have begun their minimalist journey while backpacking the world. Besides their versatile clothes, the other thing they keep on hand are the possessions they cherish the most. The third one is green minimalist. It is a person who is keen on filling his or her home with eco-friendly products. Just like the frugal minimalists, the green minimalists reuse and repurpose items. The next one is mini-must. This is not your ordinary minimalist. 
For this person, the challenge to live with less is continuous. This person is constantly in search of ways to reduce their need for particular items so that they can get rid of it completely. And the last one is the aesthetic minimalist. They derive a lot of peace from a tidy home, seeks an opportunity to keep minimum possessions. Such a person would rather keep an item they consider clutter put away wisely as long as is out of sight. So, do you feel close of some of this type or not? Well, honestly, I recognize myself with almost all the <laughs> types of minimalist. Um, the, the type of minimalist that I recognize myself the less, I would say it's the green minimalist, but it's something that I want to become, if I can say that. It's one of my goals. But yeah, almost all the types are interesting and it's what I want to do and to be. So, yeah. Okay, great. And so you, are you... Definitely, I fit in aesthetic minimalist. And I would like to try for some time nomad minimalist, you know, just um, take a backpack and like... Yeah. Be around the world, yeah. just with pair of shoes, like some clothes, and all the joy inside me. <laughs> yeah, true. But speaking about that, I was uh, telling Florian uh, yesterday about the fact that in Hungary here, uh, the backpack that I have, the clothes, and all the stuff that I bring here, it's almost all I have. <laughs> There is almost nothing left in my home. And Florian was telling me, oh, for me, what I bring here, it's like uh, 5% of all my stuff. So we can see the difference between us. And it was interesting, I think. So you, how much do you think have you bring here? Honestly, in the past years, I had, for example, if we talk about clothes. Yeah. I had a lot of clothes because I like I really like passion as a kind of expression. It's important for me. But during these years, I realized that even I really like fashion. I could continue like fashion without all the stuff that I had. So I, I'd be able to write off some of the stuff. So now I think I bring... Most the, uh, mostly the things that I have. I had more things in Spain, but not, for example, the half of, of the thing that I have here. Okay, yeah. And um, I I want to continue like read out some stuff because I don't need it. Yeah, but that's the point of minimalist. Get rid <laughs> of the things that at the end you don't really need. And I'm so, so worried about living deliberately. Like, I want to question myself is the things that I do or the things that I have or the relationship that I create. If all of this makes sense in my life, you know, that yeah, is the yeah. thing about minimalism. So I'm very, very interested about this. And yeah, I don't know if I'm gonna be one day like a full minimalist in all the aspects of my life but I'm gonna take a deep look into yeah, it. that's very good I think. But yeah, we don't, we didn't um, said it before but there is a lot of different ways to be a minimalist and we can be minimalist for example for only for clothes or only for the aesthetic aspects but uh, there is For every part of, a, of our life, there is a part that can be minimalist. And uh, like you just said, for example, for the relationships, there are some people who tend to staying with people who are not good for them. And that's also the point in minimalism. 
if they can get rid of these people, maybe they would be happier. Yeah, it's so true. So let's continue because we have a lot of things to yeah. say yeah. about other aspects in minimalism. So now that we are talking a little bit of our experience on minimalism, why are you really interested in minimalism and how you discover this lifestyle? I don't really remember how I discovered this, this lifestyle. I didn't discover it a long time ago. It's quite recent. But uh, since I discovered this lifestyle, I have discovered that I always find it uh, useless to have a lot of uh, stuff and that sometimes we don't really use. And uh, I also realized that in my family, we are not... Uh, accumulating a lot and a lot of stuff. So for me, it was quite easy, for example, for the clothes to become a little bit minimalist. And since I discovered this, I am very interesting in uh, every part also. So yeah, I'm checking every part. So it is a good point that you talk about family because people uh, can think that How live a minimalist lifestyle if you don't live alone? What happens if you have a partner and even children? Could be a limitation, you know? Because when you live with other people and you are a family, you can just make unilateral decisions. Maybe a little bit frustrating because you can just get your way, but could be interesting and learn this together as a group yeah i think yeah because each person for example in the family will discuss why uh, this person wants to have some stuff and the other don't and i think it can be quite a constructive debate okay great so let's think about it and what about challenge in minimalism Did you bring us some challenge that you can tell yeah. us about? Yeah, I have bring a famous challenge in the minimalist uh, field. So it's called the 333 challenge. So it's a challenge created by an American woman who wrote a blog on internet who is called uh, Be More With Less. And I think this title is the definition of minimalism in general. So the challenge 333 is about uh, clothes and the main point is to have only 33 pieces of clothes during three months. Mm, interesting. And uh, I will talk more about the rules because it's important to understand how it can be possible. So if also you want, for example, to have more information about it, you can check this blog and all is writing. So the rules, when, so it's every three months and it's never too late to join. So anytime you can join because it's not, for example, uh, in January, you must start. It's whenever you want. What? So it's 33 items, including clothing, accessories, jewelry, outerwear and shoes. Uh, what not? These items are not counted as a part of the 33 items wedding ring, for example, or another sentimental piece of jewelry that you never take off, underwear, sleepwear, in-home loungewear, and workout clothing, but your workout clothes have to be for workout. Um, how? You choose 33 items, you box up the remainder of your fashion statement, seal it with tape, and put it out of sight and during three months you didn't open it. Um, what else? Consider that you are creating a wardrobe that you can live, work and play in for three months. So remember that it's not a project in suffering. If your clothes don't fit or are in poor condition, you need to replace them. So the thing is not to Yeah, to suffer with, oh my god, I only need 33 pieces and I cannot wear this. The thing is to realize that for a lot of people, we have a lot of clothes 
and we don't really use them. And I have uh, some uh, numbers about this. Uh, in general, in developed countries like in the USA, in Europe, people are wearing 20% of uh, all, all their clothes during 80% of the time. Mm-hmm. And so at the opposite, they are wearing 80% of their clothes 20% of the time. So it means that you have a lot of clothes and sometimes, oh, I have this, I have forgot, or oh, this, I keep it, but because it's for this occasion or something like that. But in the reality, you use often the same clothes without even thinking about it. And that's one of the benefits of minimalist. You can spend less time to choose which clothes we are you are wearing, etc. Okay, this is a, a great challenge, I think. Did you try it before? Yeah, yeah. So yeah? I tried it uh, during three months. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I stopped after the three months, but not before it was uh, too difficult for me. Quite the opposite. It was almost too easy. So I could have continued, but uh, it means that I have to check uh, how many pieces of clothes that I have. And for me, um, I am not in need of getting rid of a lot of clothes because I don't have many. Okay, so you are in another step. You you (laughs) pass out. Yeah, for this, I think, yeah. Okay, cool. So fast fashion is what happened to apparel and then increasingly to the home consumer goods sector. Almost anything in the home, now it became an object of fashionability and that's been just a dramatic transformation. If you think about the concept of fashion, it is embodied in the idea that you can throw things away not when they are not longer useful, but when they are no longer have this social value or they are not longer fashionable. This is mindless consumption. This same thing that's not making us happy is also causing the degradation of our habitat. We can afford to have 350 parts per million of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. We are closing in 400 parts per million. It's caused by the burning of oil of natural gas that we use to power our consumer economy and to power the warning of craft that we don't need. So this is real and we really have to do something about it. What yeah. do you think? Do, do we have to take more care about our planet? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, if you talk to me about the environment or something like that, I will say that, yeah, definitely we need to do something. And uh, for our subject, for example, minimalism, for clothes, for example, the industry of clothing is really impacting the planet. So if a lot of people are becoming minimalist and uh, take care of their clothes, I think that's a start and a good point for everyone because people can be happier and the planet will be a lot better because people won't have a lot of clothes that they don't need at the end. Okay. And following with clothes stuff in minimalism, what do you think about the idea of sharing clothes with friends? For example, you have an event and you want to wear an elegant clothes that you don't have in your wardrobe because you don't usually use like this elegant clothes so instead of buying a new clothes for this specific situation it could be possible for you to ask a friend instead buying just for one time Um, I think the idea in general is very good but I never experienced it but uh, I don't know honestly but yeah I think it can be good for me to ask because yeah like you said if I never used this type of clothes and I just need it for one uh, 
one night, for example, it can be good. Yeah. So I think this is the right solution. Mm-hmm. So can you tell us something about benefits in minimalism? Yeah, sure. So I have found a lot and a lot of benefits, but I will say the more important. So first of all, spend less, because choosing to accumulate only the essentials often result in financial freedom, like we talked about before. Mm-hmm. Uh, spending less on things you don't really need will cut your financial expenses and increase your savings. Good so, point. Definitely. Good point. Yeah, yeah. For people who want to save money, um, less stress too, because a minimalist home, for example, is significantly less stressful. Being able to freely move around and enjoy your home is a huge weight off your shoulders. Wow, for me, I think this is um, a very good point. Uh, I fit in this point of stress. But I think this is also the the good point of minimalism. It's they have a lot of benefits, and everyone can find at least one benefit for them. Uh, what else? Uh, it's easier to clean, for example, if you have a smallest home or without a lot of things. Wow, great. I think almost everyone is going to love this benefit. Yeah, yeah. But still, people are in the search of buying a big house. and. Yeah, but imagine maybe such a big house, but with like um, minimalism architecture, it's I think it's easy to clean. Yeah, Bec- true, true. We are going to talk about later a yeah. bit of this. So, listeners, you are going to understand how we are talking. Um, what else? More freedom, because if you don't have to, like, it's related to less stressful, I think. You are free. Uh, good for the environment, like we said just before. The less we consume and buy, the less damage we do to the environment. So, very good point for this, too. Um, you can be more productive because you don't have to spend a lot of time like searching for your clothes. You can focus your attention in other things in life yeah, that maybe that, yeah, are more exactly. important. Um, if you're a parent, you can be an example for the kids. Uh, like you said, it can be a good point to do something else, something else that means something to you more than just uh, spending time with your clothes or cleaning or... Oh, on higher quality things, because more is not better. Better is better. (laughs) So if you have a lot of clothes, they are not obviously very good. But if you buy less, you can buy more expensive clothes, for example, but from better quality. Yeah, it's true. Um, You can be happier, like we said. Oh, yeah. And then a lot of benefits compared to freedom about your work, about your house, about everything. Okay, thank you for telling us all these benefits. I I found them very, very interesting. I hope that you, listener, think the same and have another approach to this new term that we are talking about. So, what about tiny houses? What is it? So tiny houses, for like the name is saying, it's a very small house. So it's often related to minimalism because uh, a tiny house is the symbol of living in a small place with not a lot of things. And it's the return to a simple life. But small house, tiny house, doesn't mean that to... You don't have anything inside. You have all that you need, a kitchen, a bedroom. uh, But it's little. It's between um, 10 and 30 meters squares. Wow, 10 meters. It can sound like very little, but uh, almost all the time, tiny houses are very little in uh, in the floor. They don't take place if they put it on the floor. Mm -hmm. But there is some... uh, Shelvings or storage for place the items, not um, just in the bottom of the house, but maybe in the walls. Not or only mm, two floors, for example, 
or it's stairs and you can get up so sometimes it's even more high than uh, long mm, okay kinda mini duplex <laughs> yeah we can say that but the point that I also find interesting in a tiny house is that all is organized very well to get place for storage for example and even if it's very little you don't have the impression that it's small at the end no do you think that you are you're gonna have the impression that 10 meters for living like 24 hours is not little okay you, you can you can live happy there because if your choice is up to you but i don't know i i am trying to imagine now yeah i haven't tried uh, to i haven't been in a there. tiny house yeah so i cannot say if it's true but people are saying that it's very well organized. There are a lot of windows. You are not inside the box. So you can see around. And you don't have the impression to be... <laughs> I don't know how to say it. Impression? Yeah, that walls everywhere and uh, very small. And But for some people, it can be quite uh, not good because they need space, like real space, because we must say it, there is not a lot of space. So... Have you experienced not maybe living in a real tiny house, how how is named, but in a little space? Because I remember that you told me something about, no? Uh, yeah, when I was uh, like three months ago uh, in the university, I was uh, in a little flat, nine meters square. So just tiny <laughs> house. So. Yeah, but it didn't have um, a kitchen. So it was really little and sometimes it was a little too small but for me it was quite okay because yeah the main uh, point it was that there is no kitchen but uh, if we take in consideration only the things that they were for me it wasn't such a problem because it was also well organized with a lot of closets and with a bed the bathroom etc so for me, I think I, uh, I like the concept of tiny house. Okay. <laughs> what do you think you, about it? I didn't show them like in a real situation. I just seen them through the screen of my laptop. And I, I like the idea. I'm not going to lie. I like the idea, but I not sure if I am the person who lives during a large period of time in a tiny house. Yeah. Maybe yeah. I need more space. Maybe I am consider myself more approach to a minimalist architecture, but not just a tiny, yeah, exactly a tiny house. Yeah, okay. So something else about tiny house. Maybe disadvantage? Mm, yeah, I have some advantages and disadvantages about tiny house. Um, I think the biggest advantage is that it's very cheaper than a normal house. Because, for example, to build a tiny house, it can be between 20,000 and uh, 45,000 euros, for example. And a house like a real house, it can be around 200,000, 300,000. So it's almost 10 times the price than a tiny house. So I think that's a, an important point mm -hmm. to say. Um, another point that I found is that to build a tiny house, you don't need, a, I don't know how it's called, a construction permit. Okay, like to, yeah. Because it's on a... Not on a truck, but the tiny house. They are not constructed like in a in a normal form as other houses. They are building on a trailer. Okay, yeah. And if you have a big car, you can just put the trailer on the, the car and move. So also a good advantage is uh, a moving house. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I, I was wondering if 
it could be possible like yeah yeah mm-hmm. that's also the point yeah and so because it's on a trailer you don't need a construction permit you can just ask uh, if you can stay here for example okay like for park your house yeah yeah <laughs> but, uh, yeah so good point also uh, what else energy efficiency because tiny houses are often now nowadays um, good for the environment with sometimes solar panels Um, mm-hmm. a thing to to collect the water uh, like a container you yeah a container call. yeah okay. also some tiny houses are with composting toilets mm-hmm. so yeah today it's good for the environment to have a tiny house and then simple life like you like we said before uh, is your maintenance because it's small so you don't have many places to check if it's okay or not like your house These are the, the main advantages, I think. And a tiny house is not completely idyllic. There are some disadvantages. Um, less space, because even if it's well organized and you have a lot of closets and all that stuff, it's small. And for example, for families or something like that, it can be difficult. Even if I check, and today it exists some um, tiny house for four people. So maybe they are a little bit um, bigger. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But still, yeah, I think for a family with children, it can be difficult also because children are in need of moving everywhere, every mm-hmm. time. So It's true, they have a lot of energy. And I think it's the main disadvantages of tiny house okay i now have a, a clear clear idea of how i could be living in a tiny house and now we are gonna welcome other part of our discussion topic which is which is minimalism in art the term minimal was first used by Richard Wilhelm in 1965 to refer to art, Reihard's painting, and other object with a very high intellectual content, but a low manufacturing content. The minimalist term describes a trend in design and, and architecture where the structure is reduced to its necessary elements based on simplicity, wide space, with few objects, minimizing furniture, achieving a lot with the bare minimum, with a reduction to a minimal, essential, and without excess decorative element. In minimalist architecture, Japanese and Chinese architecture were influenced by their elegant spaces, by the use of untreated materials and by their fluid structures in the transit areas between exterior and interior, proposing the minimalist thin trend. Designs with the walls, the furniture and finishes basically made of good or cement, with straight lines and pure shapes. The most Usable colors are white or soft colors that create spiritual and harmonious spaces where light becomes a constructive material and glass becomes a material as important as wood or cement. Akira Sakamoto is one of the most famous Japanese minimalist architects. So minimalism is based on influence influencing the space that surrounds it and above all, influencing who is in the space. Minimalism is, like all art forms, an attempt to put some order in a chaotic world. It is the last movement of modernity. After them, postmodernity would come. So now for explain this a little bit. We are going to talk about Farnsworth House. This is the most outstanding buildings of the minimalist architecture of Mayes van der Rose, a completely open glass pavilion located on a wooden land 
supported by eight vertical steel pillars, which represent one of the most radical housing projects of this architect. It was built between 1945 and 1951. It was designed by the architect that we say before, Miles van der Rode, as the second home for Dr. Edith Farnsworth. The home is, is located in Illinois. The Clay's pavilion seems to float and has a strong relationship with the surroundings, which is preserved almost completely, showing the essence of simplicity in its pure volume. Being a simple structure grouped in glass, the project responds to the conception of a viewpoint, paying homage to the beauty of the scape that surrounds the house. Transparency allows people to have full awareness of the landscape from the inside, but it also acts in reverse, incorporating the interior space of the house into the territory in a radical way. So, Lucas, did you have the opportunity to see some picture of this house? Yeah, yeah, I saw some picture of this house and it's very interesting, I think, the way that it's constructed and uh, all of the house and all that it's related to this house. It's very interesting, I think. And uh, for me, the only point that uh, is quite sad, if I can say that, is that there exists only one house <laughs> of this type. But I think it's an interesting view of... Uh, Minimalism architecture, yes. Yeah, it's really, really beautiful for me. I, I really could like to live in a house like that. But you know what? Although there have been some problems in the maintenance of the house due to the overflow of the river and ability to the pure ventilation inside. So is how this house has to disadvantage. But there is no doubt that this house is the maximum expression of minimalism. Only the elements minimally necessary were used to ensure the stability of the house, such as the pillars located tangentially to the outer edge of the floors, which do not interrupt the horizontal planes floor and roof that are shaped in the same way. Yeah, I think um, it's another form of uh, minimalist in architecture because tiny house is little in every part of the house and this type of house is also minimalist but not for its size because it's quite big, the house, but uh, on the way it's constructed and in the inside So, interesting also, I think. Okay, so after this little look to minimalism architecture, we are going to talk also about minimalism music. It is now as a gen gender that originated in North America in the 60s, classified as as experimental, which is based on the use of constant pulses, slow transformation, constant harmony, static elements, and generally uses little repeating musical phrases. Despite the interest is arose in many American composers, only four of them achieve notoriety through musical minimalism, Philip Glass, Terry Riley, Steve Reich, and Lamont Young. Among the European musicians who produce relevant minimalist crea creations are Jan Tiersen, Louis Adriessen, Steve Matlan, and Vin Mertens. So some of the characteristics of the minimalism music are static harmony, refers to the tendency not to change the core or the retrograde or direct mov movement within a group of chords. 
Static rhythm, usually motorized, although sometimes simply reduced to a moderate repertoire of time direc directions. Oriental elements in compositions by class, young and really, for example, a notable influence of music from India can be found, while in rich creation elements typical of African music are perceived. Uh, it has two static instrumentation, more than one instrument sounds at the same time, executing the same melody, unlike a uh, written where all the lines com complement each other and form a drawing impossible to represent if any of them are missing. Repeated brief motif, the most characteristic feature of minimalism in music. Some examples are Tony Conrad violin improvisations on Young's sinusoidal tone, but extremely strong criticisms of minimalism had been expressed mainly from composer and musicologists close to the advanced garter or from philosophers. The American composer Elliot Carter has repeatedly expressed his strong reje rejection of minimalism and more generally of repetition in music, consider the death of the composer. In particular, he draws an analogy with, with advertising and solicited intrusive and repeated until nausea. Even the adjective facet had been used explicitly as a comparison of the use of repetition as a method of brainwashing with the practice of advertising or Hitler speeches. What do you think about that? I think, for me, I have listened to minimalist uh, music uh, before recording this uh, new episode because I didn't know anything about uh, minimalist music. Mm -hmm. And it's quite interesting, I think, that with uh, some similar song, uh, similar sound or something like that, you can make a real melody. So uh, it's interesting interesting i think as a type of arts yeah once again for african criticism is to accuse minimalist music of superficiality it is considered that it leads nowhere that it denies the musical language and that it's only in sound tapestry it is especially the music of philip glass the one who concentrates the criticisms that something's the level of lie or of regression. Some people treat this music as a monotonous or boring and often appears in the criticism of Lamont Young and Terry Riley. So critics, critics are very devised and generally posed as for or against. So now that you you had the opportunity to listen a bit of this type or music, you are if you have to position it yourself, would you use this music for maybe I don't know cleaning your tiny house, or for mm, while you are cooking, or just for enjoy uh, sitting in a big couch? Um. Yeah, honestly, why not? It's uh, usually not really the type of music that I listen, but uh, why would I be against this type of music? For me, it's a type of music like uh, another. So some people can like it, some other not, but for me, it's a type of music and it's good like it is. So yeah, it can listen to it. Okay, so dear listener, you are you are gonna have the opportunity to listen this type of music if you are listening to all this program. 
we are gonna propose you some songs and you are gonna be able to discover a new world in music and for um, finalize this topic i would like to recommend you to a uh, music of philip glass he has won some awards for creating the music to soundtrack of movies i really like it the hours It is original soundtrack album of the 2002 film The Hours, starring Nicole Kidman, Meryl Streep, and Julian Moore. And the original score was composed by him. So I suggest you that you listen this music. Um, Luca, I think that with this final part it's time to say goodbye to our listeners yeah I agree I think it was quite an interesting program and uh, if you're interested more in minimalism in art or as a lifestyle I could just recommend you to search for more information about it because today there is a lot of websites about it and uh, I wish you to be there for the next episode of our program and goodbye goodbye